Hello everyone and welcome to episode 8 of SIDcast. I'm your host David Gibson and with me today is Lenny Reich of Mount Union University Purple Raiders. Lenny, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. And uh, number eight is uh, my uh, my daughter's jersey number, so I'm I'm glad we're at lucky number eight. So perfect. Uh, first of all, thank you everyone for subscribing and downloading this podcast. Uh, you know we're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram because I finally got one of those uh, backsplash sports info cast. That's sports info cast because SID cast is already taken and uh if you have a friend or anybody like that who uh could get something out of this podcast go ahead and make a little recommendation um we'd love to have them listen and we'd love to grow our listener base you know just like anybody else so we'll jump right into it lenny how's that sound that sounds great all right uh in college you joked that you never wanted to be an sid so what did you so why (laughs) did you get into it um, well, yeah, uh, when I was an undergrad at, uh, Georgia Southern University, I worked for the baseball team. I was the equipment manager. So, um, you know, division one school, uh, in the Southern conference at the time. And, um, I would travel with the team and go to practices and everything else. And when I would travel with the team, there's a lot of times I would stay with the SID. We would share a room together. And, uh, there'd be times where after the game was over, you know, me and the athletic trainer and the assistant coaches would go out and get something to eat. And we'd invite the SID. And most of the time the SID would say, no, I've got stuff to do in the room. So they would stay in the room and we would go get something to eat and we'd come back and there'd be like... I would still be working and have like a to-go bag down next to his desk and still be cranking away on stuff. And the SIDs, um, when I was an undergrad, were great, and I would help them out with things at times and and, uh, and do some different things. And, and I liked them as people. I was just like, oh, my gosh, these people, I mean, they're all over the place. They're, they're working all the time. And uh, when I had to do an internship to finish up my uh, undergrad, I did an internship at uh, Edinburgh University in Pennsylvania, Division II school, and they had like um, a facility director and a compliance director, and um, you know all these different administrative things that I would help out. I was like with the whole department, so I would spend a little bit of time with every person. Well, over time, the SID needed more help than anybody else, so I would do more stuff with the SID and more stuff in that avenue. And when it came time to find a job after that. Not every school had a ticket manager or a facilities manager, a business manager, but almost every school, even back then now, had a, had a sports information director. So I thought, well, I'll do that for a little while, and then I'll go do something else. And that was 20 years ago. So it just happened that over time, moving around, found jobs to do, and and, uh, and figured out after a while, I figured out I could actually make a living doing this, and had been fortunate that some great people helped me out along the way, and... and I guess the rest is history. So what what did you want to do originally? Like when you were an undergrad? I, well, I knew I wanted to work in college sports, but I was not I wasn't really sure what. I as an undergrad, I did a lot of work for our intramural and recreation department and I did a lot of work in athletics obviously with baseball and I have a degree in sports management, so part of the, you know, as part of getting your degree we would end up having to do things for the athletic department. So I saw a little bit of both sides, and I came to a point when I was about a junior that I had to make a decision. Was I going to go the campus recreation route, or was I going to go the intercollegiate athletics route? And I really went into, you know, I really thought intercollegiate athletics would be great. And I thought for a long time that I might work in 
baseball, either professional baseball or or something more with baseball because I did so much baseball as an undergrad. And it just so happened that um, back when I went to school, I know I sound really old now, but back when I went to school, we were on quarters. And so I didn't get done school until into June. And so it was harder to work in minor league baseball or things because their seasons would already be started and, and some of those sorts of things. So um, I actually grew up near Edinburgh University. And so when I went home for Christmas my senior year, I went to their athletic department and asked them if I could come there for an internship because I knew I had to do one for credit um, to finish out. And so they were nice enough um, uh, to let me come there and work um, to finish off my degree and, uh, and do an internship. And they were really great. And, and I had a great time, had a great time there. Um, but that was really, you know, I, I knew I wanted to work in college athletics, but I really wasn't sure what until after I had a couple jobs and kind of figured out that I could be an SID. And so then I kind of just went from there. So yeah, like like you mentioned earlier, once you graduate, you went to Edinburgh uh, Centenary, uh, the Gulf South Conference, Defiance, and then uh, Capital. What all kind of what what were those experiences like going pretty much all across, uh, let's say, uh, a half of the United States from the Mississippi? Yeah, I, I, I bounced around a little bit. Um, I think what people have to remember back in those days, um, there were a lot of schools that the sports information job wasn't a full time job. So, uh, so I, I went to Centenary, and um, they didn't have a full-time SID, so I, I did that. I ran, like, intramural sports. I did some radio work. I, I did all kinds of things to kind of piece together. And I, and I did that for a few months, and um, because I had gone to school down south and I knew some people down there, there was a job open with the Gulf South Conference. And so I thought, I thought at the time, well, this would be great. I would go work basically a nine-to-five job in a conference office and still work in sports. So I went down there and, um, you know, had an okay experience there. I mean, I met some great people at the schools in the Gulf South um, and and worked with some great people. But um, it quickly became evident to me that I didn't want to be in an office all day, that if I was going to sit at a cubicle in an office all day, I could go get a different job that would be much more lucrative than being the assistant SID for a conference, a Division II conference. So then I decided, you know, I'd kind of gone through a couple of these experiences and wasn't really sure about things. So I thought, well, I'll go back to school and I'll get my master's degree and see what happens from there. And uh, that's when I went to Defiance. And a lot of it was because I had a chance to be in charge, but it was still a part-time position. Still wasn't full-time. And did that for a while and, you know, and, and then went to Wisconsin and worked at a small school there and um, got to at least be full-time. Still didn't make a ton of money, but got to do a lot of different things. And then when I got, ma- I got married, and my wife is from Ohio, and, and we had kind of an agreement that uh, she would put up with kind of the crazy things that SIDs have to do as provided, if at all possible, we could live in Ohio, uh, where her family's from and where her family lives. So uh, we were very fortunate that the capital job came open in 2000 and I went to Capitol and had an, a, a great eight-year run there um, uh, really you know had a fantastic time and really grew both personally and professionally there my daughter was born while we were there and then um, nine years ago had this great option where the folks at Mount Union um, you know uh, Capitol and Mount Union are in the same conference folks at Mount Union um, 
you know, contacted me and thought I would be somebody that they would want to have come come here, and uh, and came here nine years ago, and it's really been um, obviously to work at Mount Union. If we're going to work at a, a Division three institution, Mount Union's on that short list of institutions that you want to be at, just given um, obviously the tremendous opportunities that come with being with our football program, but but just our entire athletic department as a whole. It's just a great uh, great group of folks, highly competitive athletic department. Uh, sports really matters at Mount Union, and so um, so I've been very fortunate and very blessed and very fortunate to be at the right place at the right time, and that's, that's where I'm at right now. Like you said, uh, you got your football program. You got a lot of competitive uh, programs in there. So this December is a little different at Mount Union. Why? Why is that? Well, we still went to the playoffs. Um, you know, we we uh, we didn't go to the national championship game for the first time in eleven years. So um, that yeah, it's it's a unique. Uh, streak that obviously may never be repeated but yeah we we went to the national title game every year from 05 to uh to this past year and so um and and hosted and usually we would host a lot of playoff games um routinely since i come to mount union we would host nine or ten games a year because we would host either four or five regular season games and then host four playoff games well this year we went on the road for all the playoff games so for the first time since i've been here we didn't host a lot of postseason games um and so it's been a it's been a tremendous experience uh when i first came to mount union um nine years ago we would have five six daily newspapers at every football game we have two radio crews that do every mount union game we have a student station and a commercial station um, that broadcast every game home and away uh we do a variety of games on television we used to do a lot more than what we do now but we have done a handful of games every year on television and up until this past year we had an nba hall of fame announcer a guy named joe tate who did the Cleveland Cavaliers for 39 years. He was our play-by-play guy. So, um, you know, yeah, we were Division Three, but our football program does some pretty tremendous things that um, not a lot of Division Three SIDs do or deal with um, on a daily basis um, and some of the incredible streaks and things that we have. So, so in that aspect, it's been really neat from a professional standpoint um, to be around a program like this and something – that yeah, like I said, will probably never be repeated ever again in college sports, and so um, to be uh, to be a chance to be a part of it um, was obviously one of the things that that brought me to Mount Union, and um, I, you know I don't regret a day of being around it. What are some opportunities that opened up for you via the football program success in the postseason? Well, I definitely think you know um, you know. A side effect is that you become a little more recognizable. I mean, I'm not doing sports information any different than what I did when I was at Capitol or or Marion or Centenary or any of the other schools that I've been at. I still approach the job the same way. I think more people end up maybe knowing who you are because you're a part of this program. So I think, um, you know, from definitely from a name recognition standpoint, um, of the program, I think it's helped. You know, I think it's it's given me an opportunity where people, I guess, know who you are, or will will maybe take a phone call from you, or those kind of things. Um, you know, I've been very fortunate that um, uh, you know I've been 
um, selected by my peers to serve on the um, D3 side of board of directors. And I've been a regional representative, and now I'm in the officer rotation, and I'm the current vice president. I'll be the president um, starting next year and uh, uh, for a couple of years. And um, I, in not that, I mean, I hope that my work had something to do with that, but I think obviously the fact that when it's a voting thing and people recognize the name of the school you're with and those kind of things, I would be naive to think if some of that didn't have, didn't have something to do with it. So, so I think it's opened, it's opened a lot of doors or been able to see a lot of things, you know, obviously to be at, um, you know, uh, you know, I've been at uh, whatever, um, eight national championship games, um, you know, and work in that environment and be around uh, a national television broadcast. Uh, you know, the Stag Bowl is the only Division Three championship uh, event that's broadcast live on national television. And so to work that event and be around the type of people that are around that event and be around really people, you know, the leadership of Division Three and, and um, you know, on a national level. And, um, yeah, it's it's being working here and, and doing all the work has, has afforded me some, some, some of those great opportunities. So I, I don't, uh, um, you know, it's a lot of work, no question about it, but I don't, uh, I don't regret ever the decision I made to come here and, and work here and, and raise my family here. So I want to go ahead and go back for a second and talk about uh, how you facilitate those roles, getting that national attention on a program like that, and how do you do you treat all your programs the same way, or is, is football just kind of separate and off by itself? Well, we try and do, um, you know, we try and treat all our programs equally, and we try and, and uh, um, give them the same uh, attention. Uh, obviously, our football program demands uh, a lot of attention and uh, requires some things that maybe some of our other programs don't. So there's things, you know, whether it is the two radio stations broadcasting a beat writer around all the time. Um, you know, years ago we used to do weekly teleconferences and uh, post-game press conferences after every game and those kind of things. So those things are things that happen not just at Mount Union, at other schools that have programs maybe at a different level or different um you know, uh, responsibility level of things. So, so we, you know, I, I pride myself at least here in being able to, um, think that some of our Olympic sport coaches, um, you know, value what we do and, 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 uh, appreciate what we do for them. And, um, you know, since I've come to Mount Union, we have two, uh, interns, um, assistant SIDs that work for us and we probably run the office a little more like a larger school in the fact that we assign them sports they're the primary contact for those sports they do everything that's required for those teams so we uh um, you know, obviously I'm always around and I, and I go to a lot of events and try and help out where I can, but we really give those people some ownership in the programs that they're working with. And I think to, to our credit, a lot of the, uh, almost all those people have gone on and are working in sports information at division one and division two and division three institutions. So, so we've had, you know, a great feeder program of people that have come through and taken advantage of that opportunity. So I'm really proud of those people and people that worked for me when I was at Capital and other places that have that have gone on and into the business and done that. So I think how we've structured the office, I think, is, has worked well for us in, in, in that way of doing things. You also double as a uh, 13, 10 a.m. in alliance with working with some high school and other college events. How do you kind of balance those roles? 
Well, I don't do as much of that anymore. I used to do a lot more. Uh, I used to do a lot more radio play-by-play stuff, and um, uh, it started out early in my career as a way just to make some extra money when I was at these places where sports information jobs were um, uh, part-time positions. Uh, working at a radio station was a way to, to make some some extra money. Um, you know, early on, it was a way to help promote our programs at a time when, you know, before now where everything's being like video cast, we were just doing audio and doing some of those things. And for a couple of years, I was the play-by-play voice of our basketball programs here. And uh, four years ago, I took on um, additional uh, role here at Mount Union as assistant athletic director, and, and when I took on those roles and some of those administrative responsibilities, um, and my own my own daughter getting older, I had to make some decisions on kind of balance and where I was going to do. So I kind of backed off a lot of kind of some of the broadcasting stuff that I did. Not that I had a lot of fun doing it, and I love broadcasting. I just couldn't dedicate enough of myself to it to make sure the broadcasts were really good, and so. So I made a decision to kind of back off um, some of those things. So I don't do as much radio work as I did, but uh, yeah, for a while there, I was every Friday night I was doing a high school football game and then doing games, um, you know, mount games on Saturday where I was working those events and then maybe doing high school basketball games and then doing our basketball games. So it was just a matter of you know trying to make sure you have everything organized and and uh, um, and uh, get everything covered and make sure obviously the primary stuff you need to do is getting done. Uh, I want to go back a little bit. So say another uh, small school in the country, you know, gets major ESPN national attention for the first time. How do you suggest handling that? Well, I would suggest is that you, uh, um, you know, uh, you treat everybody, you know, treat everybody the same. You know, you, uh, um, uh, yeah, ESPN's a really big deal, and obviously you can get some tremendous promotion for your school. But I think, too, you always want to be cognizant of, um, you know, uh, if there is a local beat writer or whatever else, and make sure that, that those people don't feel like, well, all of a sudden the national guy swooped in and, and those people become like second fiddle. So, so we always try and, you know, take care of our, our beat writer first and foremost. You know, we get great coverage here in Alliance from our own uh, local newspaper and uh, Jeff Supanic, our beat writer, he's actually written with me to almost every football game the last um, nine years home and away. And so, um, so we have a, you know, we're, we're friends, but we also have a professional relationship, but, but we obviously try and take care of those folks um, as best we can. Um, our local, whether it's in Canton or Cleveland or here in Alliance. And then, and then, yeah, then obviously when those national things come, whether it's from, uh, you know, uh, division three specific websites or ESPN or those sorts of things, we handle those things in that way as well. So I, I would always tell people just, just, um, you know, always have that, that golden rule, you know, do unto others as you want done onto you and, and, uh, and treat those people, uh, treat everybody with respect and, and try and work as hard as you can for everybody. And those things tend to work themselves out. You, you mentioned earlier that you're going to take over as a D3 SIDA's president uh, next summer. How did you get that position and what roles are there and what does it mean to you to be in that position? Well, it's extremely humbling. The entire experience that I've been through, you know, um, uh, as a regional rep and then as second vice president, now vice president and president and eventually past president. I mean, it's it's a, a long-term commitment, and it's uh, but it's been very humbling to be a, 
um, anytime that your peers pick you for something, um, it's very humbling, and it, and it really comes with a um, what I consider a pretty awesome responsibility, I guess, or sometimes daunting responsibility that I think that um, in a year from now I'm going to be responsible for representing um, you know a whole group of SIDs on a national on a national level, and and how I can help those people. And uh, the people um, that have served before me, uh, Ira Thor, our current president, uh, guys like Bill Wagner and Dave Rath and Larry Happel, who have been the past presidents um, of the organization of this group, um, uh, I I think take it very seriously and want to try and uh, build the profession as best we can and promote the profession and and help uh, sports information directors as best we can. So... um, trying to get involved in things like uh, the COSIDA convention and COSIDA as an organization and then uh, working with them. It's, yeah, so it was it was really something where some people asked me if I was interested and I kind of said, yeah, sure. I never really thought I would actually win an election or get voted uh, get voted into that position and, and um, that's what's happened and, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's still kind of surreal sometimes but it's, uh, but I'm very, very humbled and feel very fortunate. You also work with D3 Day at Cosida. For those that don't know, can can you explain what that is? Yeah, I'd love to. So, um, so the Cosida Convention. Um, uh, if you've never been to it, and I would imagine a lot of people that are listening to this podcast have, but if you've never been to it, it's a great uh, workshop. Uh, convention for a few days where there's a great opportunity to network, great opportunity to learn about different things in the profession. And uh, uh, this coming year, it's in Orlando, Florida, where it's uh, been a lot since we, uh, um, I think now five years ago almost, we merged with NACTA, the Athletic Directors Association, and have one very large convention, um, like I said, this year in Orlando, and one day of that convention we've taken and created an entire day of programming just dedicated to the Division Three SID. I think there was a time before that where sometimes people felt like um, maybe the programming didn't apply to me, or maybe it was something for a, for a bigger audience. And so we've created an entire day of programming. This will be, I believe, either the third or fourth year that we've had this day of programming. We've got great support from folks at the NCAA. Luis McCleary, who's the director of Division Three, Dan Dutcher uh, with Division Three, Adam Skaggs, those three people administratively at the NCAA have done a great job for us. Um, and we put together programming that we think will happen. And I think one of the cool things we're going to do in the afternoon that we did last year that we're going to do in the afternoon this year is we're going to merge with Division Two and the NAI group, and we're going to have some programming that's going to benefit all of us, some uh, things hopefully um, in uh, networking and career path to being an administrator. Um, if somebody wants to aspire to be an athletic director, we're hoping to have maybe some athletic directors that were sports information directors at one time or you know, people like myself that are some kind of administrative role in athletics or also um, crisis communications. Uh, you know, we all no matter whether you're at an NAI school or Division Two or Division Three school, at some point probably you're going to have to deal with some kind of crisis communications. So some of those things would work for everybody across the board. Um, so and then obviously things like social media and webcasting and um, managing a student work staff and some of those kind of things that we've talked about, you know, every year that we think will help 
help people out. So that's really Division Three Day. Myself and a committee of people are planning that day out. So obviously, if anybody's got any suggestions, we would love to hear from people. You know, we sent out a survey to the membership that we got about a little over 100 members that responded to us with some ideas, and we're trying to incorporate those, obviously, into the larger COSIDA program as well. I want to fast forward a little bit. You brokered a, a deal with Fox Sports and Sports Time Ohio for Mountain Union. How did that come about, and what exactly are, are the terms of those deals? <laughs> well, well uh, we, did, we did a little bit of uh, – we had some TV contacts when I worked in Columbus. And uh, when I came to Mount Union, um, we we had games that were broadcast locally on cable access here in the northeast Ohio, here in Canton, and uh, the the area immediately near us. For those people that might not know, Mount Union is halfway between Canton and Youngstown, so we're in northeast Ohio, um, about fifteen minutes east of the Pro Football Hall of Fame is a good frame of reference for people. But and and we had a great and we've got a great production. We had a great television production that was done here. It just wasn't shown to a very big audience. So at the time, Sports Time Ohio was a regional cable network owned by the Cleveland Indians. And we went to them and said they needed programming, especially yeah. once baseball season was over. And so um, we said, hey, you know, we've got this prepackaged football game for you ready to go. All you have to do is put the tape in and uh, plug in commercials when you want to plug them in and let's go. And that's really that was really the basics of the agreement. And that's really how it started. Now, since then, Sports Time Ohio was sold by the Indians to Fox Sports, and Fox Sports took over, and we went to them and said, and, and we had to meet with them again and come up with some, you know, they wanted to make sure the games were shot in high definition, which we do. Um, they had some more specific things on how they wanted the production run, which we went back and forth and did that, and uh, so it's worked out really well. I mean, the games are tape delayed, so they're not broadcast live, but I, I, I think uh, a lot of our people get a kick out of being able to come to a game and then go home later on and watch the game, especially our players. And for us, from a recruiting standpoint, you know, it works for us because the game's broadcast later in the day. You know, we don't have as much competition as we would on Saturday afternoon anyway. Obviously, it's a lot cheaper if you don't have a satellite truck and those kind of things and broadcasting it live. So we so we pay for the production. The production is obviously a Mount Union-centered production. Um, like I said earlier, you know, we had a Hall of Fame broadcaster that was working with us. But Mount Union had been originating its own television broadcast for about you know, 25 years before I showed up. So so it was really just a matter of me getting them on a little larger platform. And now we stream the games, but they're pay-per-view, which is probably a little unique in Division Three to have pay-per-view, but we think we have a unique product, and we think, um, you know, that if it was given away for free, we might adversely affect our uh, our home game attendance, and we don't want to do that. So, so we created a revenue stream uh, in doing that, and... Um, you know, it's like I say, it's worked out really well. It's a really professional broadcast. There's replays and graphics and all those things um, that go on, and so and so it's been it's been really neat. It'll be interesting as technology is changing to see how much that may or may not change in the future. But but right now, you know, anybody that has a cable or satellite subscription can get the game. So there's people, alums, and recruits and players around the country that watch. Um, the broadcast because they can get Sports Time Ohio on their, on, like I said, on their cable and satellite system. I'm going to ask because I'm personally interested in it. I, I love to find out things about it. 
Um, has the fan base grown? Has uh, viewership grown? You know, interaction, social media, uh, following, and how about uh, enrollment? Has it grown since that deal? Do you think it's be- well, and do you think it's because of? Uh, yeah, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can draw a straight line from from having you know games on uh, regional cable to some of those kind of things. I will say that our social media, um, you know, um, we're we're the most followed. Um, program in Division Three on our Facebook and our Twitter and our Instagram as far as total amount of followers. We have a Snapchat page as well. And so I think it's all, I think, and, and I think it's all part of a, you know, what was a kind of our overreaching strategy, not just putting games on TV, but promoting, um, you know, um, the brand and, and doing these social media channels and, and continually pounding them to folks and those kind of things that, uh, um, you know, we, we've been able to, to kind of leverage all those things together. Um, obviously, the program, you know, speaks for itself and does a does a tremendous job. I think, you know, our entire school, you know, we won our first national title in 1993, and there was about 1,000 students at Mount Union. And last year, we won our 12th national title, and there's now, you know, 2,200 students at Mount Union. So, uh, and athletics has had some part of that. Obviously, um, there's a lot of factors that have gone into that, but I think the success and growth of our athletic department has really help the entire school as as a whole um, grow you know out of our just over 2,000 undergrads 800 of them are student athletes so athletics we have 23 varsity teams and athletics is such as just kind of woven into the fabric of the entire institution and so it makes it really cool to be the SID at a place like that but uh, but yeah it's it, it, it's really part of the whole thing so um, so I can't necessarily pinpoint that what what TV has done for us. I do know that um, other than obviously Cleveland Indians games, which is their bread and butter, why the channel exists. You know, I think we I think our games do pretty good uh, next to some of their other programming they have outside of their baseball programming. Uh, for those who are thinking about brokering their own deal, I mean, it might not be for everybody that cable route, but if they do and they and they are able to uh, get some sort of footing in that negotiation stage, what are what are some tips that you have? Uh, there and as far as uh, programming goes moving forward? Um, I think you have to be willing to kind of be creative. Um, you know, we, um, you know, in other places I at, we, we created like coaches shows that were 20-minute, um, um, you know, 21-minute prepackaged things that had a, um, you know, in the fall you would have a segment with the head football coach, one segment. You'd have one segment where you rotated a coach from another team in and then you had a third segment that would be an institutional segment where maybe one maybe one time we talked to the band director, maybe one time we talked to the alumni director or uh, um, the enge- an engineering professor or something like that where we brought the whole school into the into the show and and I think if you have something, you know, the best thing for a TV station, well in a lot of ways, if you have something prepackaged that's ready to go that that somebody doesn't have to work for something or put as much work into it, and all they have to do is slide the tape in and go, um, it, it, it helps tremendously. And so I think the idea that, that Sports Time Ohio knew that we had a really high-quality product coming in that was broadcast ready, that, like I said, now we shoot in high definition, that had spaces in for the uh, you know for commercials and those kind of things. And we were very fortunate that um, we have a company and a, and a person 
Dean Marini, who's our producer and director and whose company Image Video um, does all the production for our video, they they're they're very good and they and they know the business and they know how people want things packaged. So I, I, I would encourage people for whatever they're doing is just be open and flexible to ideas and and not be afraid um, not be afraid to go talk to a TV station because maybe you think you're a small college or something. You know, be willing to kind of take that thing and, and see what they say. You know, um, maybe if you had a coach's show that was pre-packaged, ready to go, that could fit into a 30-minute time slot, maybe they run it for you. Or maybe they, um, you know, like I said, I think with some of the social media and online things, maybe there isn't as big a push to be on television per se, but uh, – but I think I think anytime you can package something and put something together, and I think anytime that you can involve multiple parts of the school in it, I think you've got a shot of, of being able to do something. All right, so we're going to get into uh, the stage of the interview that I like to have fun with. I just ask, like to ask fun questions. So what's your horror story so far? A horror story? Yeah. Um, well, you know, I mean, I've... I've had some, uh, you mean, I, well, obviously I think everybody's had times where computers have crashed and you've had to redo things or, or whatever else. Um, I, I think, you know, as far as crisis communication goes, you know, I, I've been around long enough where, you know, we've had cases where we've had a, a you know, a coach uh, be removed and we've had to handle some things delicately that way. And that's never fun, especially for people that you might know personally and professionally and working at a small college. Um, we did have a case coming up on five years ago now where we had uh, one of my coworkers, um, an athletic trainer, um, passed away in a, in a van accident with one of our teams. And uh, I would never uh, wish that on anybody. And I, I think about him um, on occasion. You know, he, and, he was the head trainer. I was the SID. We, we, um, we knew each other pretty well. I hadn't worked here very long. Uh, a couple of year, a few years at the time when he passed away, but uh, um, was a super guy, and I feel feel bad that something like that would happen. And and was fortunate that we had a group of people together that made getting through it um, good from a crisis standpoint. But uh, it was still was probably definitely one of the low points of my career to have to to deal with a coworker passing away in an accident. And and fortunately, um, nobody else on our team you know, was hurt or injured seriously. And, and, um, but, but that, you know, had a long-term effect on that program and obviously, um, all of us that knew him, uh, in the, in the department. So, um, so I, you know, like I said, I hope nobody ever has to go through something like that again. So when you see other SIDs in, in your division conference or even the country or what have you, what are some things that you, you look at them and you say, what are some characteristics that they have really? that make you say that's a good SID? Oh gosh. I mean, there's, (laughs) I mean, there's so many great people. Um, I think, um, I think patience, I think the ability to listen, I think creativity. I think I, 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 uh, I see what, um, you know, young SIDs do, whether they're starting a podcast, whether they're um, doing some great things with graphics or photography or websites, um, you know, uh, you know, I, I mean, yeah, I, I, but I think really the ability for people to be giving of their time and people to be willing to share information. I mean, nothing, 
Uh, I always tell people all the time, there's no real original ideas. We're all copying things from somebody. And so I, I, I you know, tell people all the time, if they see something they like, you know, go ahead and, and uh, feel free to have at it. And, uh, you know, we, um, you know, I feel really strongly or great about the websites we've been able to put together over the years. And I think a lot of people have taken ideas from our websites and we've taken ideas from other people's websites and game notes and all sorts of things. There's a lot of, there's a lot of people out there doing really great stuff. And sometimes I think it's, sometimes it's hard for SIDs to take a deep breath and kind of look kind of outside the fishbowl and see what other people are doing. But, but I always try and go on other websites from other divisions and these see things that I can try and incorporate, um, at our place and, and what I can do and not be afraid to ask other people, Hey, why do you do this? Or how do you do that? Or, um, or whatever else. And so, so yeah, so I, I those are the kind of qualities that I look for in, in people. How about one thing you're interested to learn more about in this profession? Oh, wow. Um, well, I, I need to learn about a lot of things, but I mean, uh, I think, uh, you know, I've learned a lot about, uh, from the time I got in 20 years ago to now, um, I do, uh, you know, a lot more things with kind of graphic design and what things you can do, um, hurriedly with that. I mean, uh, I'm fortunate that, um, I work with a great company and, uh, summit athletic media out of Charlotte, North Carolina, and they've done a great job making publications, uh, look really nice that I get credit for that they do a lot of work in making posters and, and publications look nice, but there's a lot of other people that, uh, do that kind of stuff on their own. Um, so, so I think anytime, you know, more of those kind of things, um, being creative with my writing and, and those sorts of things, I think, are always things that you're always trying to work on and 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 and, um, and get better at. But just, I guess, being able to balance and being able to 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 do the type of things that you have to do with uh, with 23 teams and and uh, and managing a staff and some of those kind of things. So I, I've spent just enough time on the administrative side that I think um, anytime I can learn more about leadership and and uh, being, you know. Uh, like I said, being a better listener and being more observant to what's going on with people and how I can help our coaches and staff and those kind of things. What's one piece of advice you give to a student going into this profession? Well, I know a piece of advice I was given as a student that I still think holds true today is trying to learn as much about what goes on at an event as humanly possible and know how to do everything. You know, um, there's lots of times when I've had to go over and fix the scoreboard or um, adjust the sound system or whatever else, but I had to learn how all those things operate, how, and those might not be the quote unquote SID job, but I think you can have a better appreciation for what those people are doing and it makes the whole event go better if you know what every job on the scores table is and how those jobs have to get done and what makes those jobs good, you can, you can maybe assist those people and make those things better and make your whole event better. So I would encourage young people to, to learn as much about as many different things as possible. And obviously nowadays that's, you know, video and social media and graphic design and, um, and those kind of things and, and, and learning about those things so that maybe you don't use them right away, but maybe at some point it's something you have to go back to and reference. What's your work life balance? Ah, well, <laughs> uh, uh, it's it's there. I mean, it tries to be there. Um, I, I can say that I guess the one thing I would say is uh, 
uh, a Hall of Fame SID who I met very early in my career, a guy named Pete Nevins at East Stroudsburg. He uh, he was a super guy and one of the best best in the business, as you can tell by awards and other things that are named after him all over the country. But but Pete was great. Uh, I asked him that same question. Uh, many years ago, and Pete told me uh, to go home and, and have dinner with your family every night. Even if you have to come back and work till midnight, go home. And and, uh, and so I try and do that. I only live a mile from campus, so I try and go home uh, at least and, and uh, at least have my family some sense of normalcy. Um, now, there's plenty of uh, uh, my daughter's games or other things that I miss because of work, but uh, to try and um, try and give them some sense of normalcy and try and involve them in as much stuff as you can. You know, when I go to things like the COSIDA convention or whatever, they come with me because I want them to, you know, to get a chance to be around or go out on the road or whatever. So try and involve your family as much as you can, or at least that's what I do. And yeah, try and have that, that great lesson that Pete told me about, uh, about going home and, and seeing them every night and having dinner and try and give them, you know, they didn't sign up for this job. So try and give them some sort of normal, uh, normal life. Next time someone is in Alliance, what's your restaurant recommendation? <laughs> well, uh, Alliance is a pretty small place. So, you know, we don't, we don't have a ton of choices, but, uh, um, you know, if I, if I gave you my, uh, as the guy that sells all the advertising, my corporate partnership spin would be for the uh, Buffalo Wild Wings that's now right across the street from our office. It's only a year old, uh, that uh, great supporters of the athletic department. But uh, we have another new place that just opened up, uh, Old Carolina Barbecue Company, great place uh, to go, also a corporate sponsor, I guess. But some more local places like uh, um, uh, The Hood, we call it The Hood, it's called The Neighborhood Inn. It's a, a bar with a drive through attached, so you one-stop shopping. Um, but um, uh, tailgaters, Heggies, um, we have some great places. So it's you know we're uh, the thing about Alliance, Ohio is it's a great little town, but it is not uh, it's not on your way. You're not going to pass through Alliance, Ohio. It's got to be your destination. So we're not there's no interstate that runs by town. So um, but we're we are about an hour from Cleveland, a little over an hour from Pittsburgh. So you can go to a lot of places. Um, like I said, Cannon and Youngstown are also close, so you can drive to a lot of places, but it's a neat little town, but, but uh, yeah, we're kind of out of the way a little bit. If someone wanted to get in touch with you just, you know, for questions or anything like that, what would be the best way to do it? Um, well, my, uh, my personal Twitter handle is at uh, Lenny in Ohio. Um, obviously, uh, at Purple Raiders is our uh, school handle. They can get a hold of me there. Uh, my email address is reichl at mountainunion.edu. So any, any way they want to get in touch, you know, we like I said, we feel like uh, I feel like I, I need to pay it forward. There were some great SIDs that, that helped me out early on, and so I, uh, I want to pay it forward and help out as many SIDs as I can as well. And um, obviously, I'm going to get to do a lot of that here in the next couple of years. So. Lenny, that was it. Oh, thanks, man. One, hope, two. Hope it went all right. Yeah, I thought it went well. wasn't too bad, was it? No, that was great. Oh, was perfect. Great. Anything I'm missing? No, no, it's good. It's good. You know, well, you didn't make fun of Scott, but I mean, other uh, than that. Well, we missed that part. So <laughs> next time we'll 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 get at him a little bit. So, all right, I got to do my outro real quick. Uh, Everyone, thank you for listening. This was episode eight of SIDcast, and that was Lenny Reich of the Mount Union Purple Raiders. Uh, You can always follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook using backslash sportsinfocast, and we're on Instagram as SIDcast. 
Uh, you can also email me anytime just to tell me that you love the podcast, that you don't like it, you know, whatever. Uh, that's sportsinfocast at gmail.com. Um, download, subscribe, and like I said in the beginning, let a, no- let a friend know if you get something out of it and you think that they can get something out of it. Uh, perfect. So we, we love to have everybody listen in as much as possible. So thank you all very much, and I hope to see you all in the next episode.